Redesign Travel is an interview series and podcast where we chat to experts, entrepreneurs, designers, researchers, and travelers of the world to explore how we can reimagine, reinvent, redesign, and regenerate travel. I'm your host, Elena Rodriguez Blanco. Welcome to today's journey. In today's journey, we are journeying with Natalia Bayona, who's one of the people to follow when it comes to the travel sector. She currently works in the United Nations World Tourism Organization as the Director of Innovation, Digital Transformation, and Investments. I personally follow her work very closely as she's driving high-level impact investments to empower the tourism innovation ecosystem to create a more sustainable tourism sector. She also has the strategic and policy oversight as she has been working as the lead in innovation and digital transformation strategy of the UNWTO. Natalia, welcome to Redesign Travel. We're honored to have you here today. It's my pleasure to be here today with all of you and of course to talk about how we can rebuild the tourism sector the right way. Thank you. So tell us where are you these days and what are some maybe even personal realizations that this time period we're living have brought to you? I have to say that, of course, uh, due to the pandemia, a lot of things have been changing our minds and our way of, 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 of working and of traveling. And of course, just to give you an example, I am a passionate about traveling. So I, I travel to more than 30 countries per year. And nowadays, I have to say that I only have been this year traveling in January, in February. And that was all because during March until the last week, we were lockdown so it's really historic how the tourism sector was closed 100% so that make us to rethink the way of course we need to travel again and the way we need to support entrepreneurship and innovation in order to help to strengthen more development possibilities for everyone we have to remember as well that the most important sector Tourism is the, the sector that leads, by example, when it comes to employing the most number of women and youth. So it's a very strategic moment for us to empower the most vulnerable groups in order to make them bright and, of course, to help them to scale their business or to preserve their business under these challenging times. With that said, I feel that today we have four strategic challenges that if we work together, we can rebuild tourism the right way. The first one is uh, about sustainability. The second one is about innovation. The third one is about education. And the fourth is about investments. So if you ask me today, my commitment with youth is more than ever because that's one of my, not only my passions, I have uh, realized that our generation have had two spectacular economic crises. The first one was in 2009 and now this one. So we need, of course, to empower and to help them through those key strategic drivers if we want a more inclusive, innovative, and of course, sustainable economic sector. 
Yeah, definitely. Thank you for, for bringing that awareness to these groups now, because I think youth and women have been really, it's, it's, a, it's a sector that is highly supported by them. And also that gives a lot of opportunities, especially in developing countries and not so often talked about. So it's uh, great to like think about how the strategies can support and bring forth. And even in areas like education and innovation, because I feel like sometimes we focus a lot on sustainability and investment, but how much has travel also been been a door for education. Uh, even I know in Central America, a lot of youth speak proper English just because they have been working in tourism and they have learned from the streets really. So all this impact that it has in the possibilities that it opens for them is something that, that we cannot ignore. So that's a great like holistic perspective that you offer. And from your experience and from also this kind of oversight viewpoint that you have, what are some things, and maybe even along these four lines that you were mentioning, what are some of the things that you think are going to happen in the travel industry? And we can maybe talk a little bit like short term and a longer term in terms of the industry. What's going to stay the same? What might, might change? And what are some, some things that should change, even if they're not in the conversation of being changed? I think, of course, we have to organize all the facts, no? So first of all, of course, National tourism is going to, to, to grow, that's obvious, because of course we don't have a lot of openness regarding tourism. So when you see business travel, it has been absolutely reconverted into a digital way of thinking. So that's why platforms as Zoom, Microsoft Teams, those platforms have been gaining a lot of value nowadays because of course as the world was uh, locked Mm, itself so it was different approaches nowadays because we have been the whole year working that way the way business travel is going to be is totally different because of course nowadays more than ever they will ask themselves if it's a uh, really an important thing and of course it's like a way of developing a new mandate of prior uh, of, of giving priorities to those things that maybe in the past were not a, a strong priority. So just to have into account, for example, when you're doing a board, you now have to justify more why it's really a must to be in presence or to develop something there, the way you used to promote sales. So of course, developing sales, trade shows, etc. We have seen that the world travel market uh, have been canceled. All the strongest uh, trade shows in Barcelona. So when I'm talking about business travel, of course, that has to be rebuilt, but of course, redefined because it's not uh, today the same as it was in the past. So that's the first thing that I feel it's going to change dramatically. Events have to be more digitally speaking. Uh, you have to add value more regarding if you're doing something in presence, because of course, people uh, now are doing everything online so if you are trying to move them you really need to add value in order to address them this type of costs on the other side when we talk about leisure tourism of course rural areas nature tourism um, everything related with um, adventure tourism of course will will bright because today social distancing is crucial regarding the health challenges that we have so being in rural areas is, is, is like the perfect place where you can, of course, breathe, <laughs> of course, uh, have a new experience, 
and of course create a new way of traveling. And last but not least, regarding culture, you have seen how the big museums of the world have been changing their minds and have been using uh, technology to aware clients and visitors about what the museums have. Do, uh, using virtual reality or augmented reality is a way of adding value to, to visitors or to prospect visitors and to maybe do in advance a research about or, or having a digital experience on a museum and then going there, the experience is different because at least before you go, you have been visiting virtually like all the highlights that the museums or that the cultural heritage have to offer. That's why Google, for example, has its own division of Google Arts and Culture where you, digitally speaking, can find all the heritage of the world with amazing information before you go. So that's why I think digital transformation, of course, always has been a must during, after, and before the trip, but nowadays more than ever, is gaining a lot of importance because it's the way to engage and to have a strongest experience with a prospect tourist. Yeah, great. And I, I love like all these different parts as well of the trip, right? Like if we really need to start thinking of the online and offline experiences or the digital experiences in the whole process from onboarding to to the engagement in the end and how we keep that relationship with with the traveler. And if, in terms of investment, so thinking a little bit more long-term, what are some key sectors or key initiatives where you would invest right now in order to support and thrive in travel in the next years? Yeah, this is very important. First thing that we have to say is that, of course, always you can find there a lot of strategies focused on gaining investments and of course the money is there but what we have seen during uh, these times and once again this was a challenge that we have before the green investments and the more and the sustainable investments are crucial and not only crucial are getting a lot of importance why first of all because of course tourism as i already said is a strong place where a lot is like the most human economic sector. So when it comes to give back to the community, to don't import all the things inside a charter, to include local food, to include local guides, to include a percentage of what you sell, uh, giving back others. Um, when you are developing uh, specialized travel, that is gaining a lot of importance. So when we talk about digital transformation and startups and innovation, we can see that, for example, 55% of the investors are seeking for projects that have either environmental, social impact, or go a new governance model to change the way we are traveling and the way we are involving the community. So the money is there, but when you talk to investors, they have a strong priorities on developing high-level impact investments. So gaining profit is so to have a startups that are profit-oriented, of course, that's not only amazing, that's the basic of a, a business model. You have to be profitable. 
But the thing here is how to be profitable. So, for example, developing technologies for waste administration, uh, big data technologies to avoid over-tourism in the ports or in the highlights of the big cities, or to avoid those crews and those big and long operations when you are in an airport or when you are boarding a cruise or when you are boarding a train to include uh, all the, 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 um, the sustainable development goals in the things that you are doing, that you are helping women, that you are helping oceans. That, for example, 40% of the Mediterranean, the, the wastes of the Mediterranean are focused or are created only in one month, that is August, that is the, our, our, our summer. So only 40% of the wastes of the Mediterranean are created in one month. What the innovators are doing to avoid that 40%, that almost the half of the wastes are produced only in one month. What are we doing with sustainability? So today, when we talk about investments, financial, uh, the financial uh, global institutions as the IFC, as the IDB, as the EBRD, they are really focused on helping, on lending or on investing on private sector projects, either innovative or traditional, but they have a strong focus that those business models have to be either sustainable or green. On the second side, regarding ventures, that's why we created and it's already open. So I encourage all our, our people that are listening to us today to apply to the Sustainable Development Goals Startup Competition. This is the first time a UN agency is opening a global call to bring the most important and the most interesting entrepreneurs that are bringing solutions on the 17 uh, sustainable development goals. And to give you an example, when we launched the first startup competition three years ago, I was amazed and we had 1,200 startups competing from more than 120 countries. Today, it's still open the competition and we have more than 8,000 startups competing and it's already, it's still open from more than 100 countries. So this is visibility and, and this is the, the right proof of what I'm saying. The startups are more focused on developing change because they know we need change. And the investors, of course, are seeking for those change makers in order to develop a more social impact and a more profitable but sustainable tourism sector. Yeah, that's amazing. And and one question I had with that, because of course the startups are, we see this this movement and that's amazing. And I mean that I have been working in sustainable travel like 10 years ago through startups. I'm very happy to see this change finally. But I don't know how willing or what is the willingness of the traditional larger travel companies to be able to collaborate with the startups, to be able to incorporate that innovation within the ecosystem in a way that is scalable. Because I, I, I don't know how many of these successful even buyouts, let's say I have seen of sustainable ventures from the larger sector and rather I have seen the own, let's say like the larger companies doing their own initiatives and I'm just wondering how can we can best use all this 8,000 ideas that you're mentioning in the startup world, really having that scalable impact through those companies that are working and more traditional in the, in the industry. Do you have any ideas of how we can, how that ecosystem is changing and transforming and what can be done to really incorporate and facilitate for, for us to work together in a way that it's more sustainable for the world and in travel in general? 
Yes, of course. Uh, I think, of course, the the most important thing today is that uh, we are, of course, developing a lot of strategies where it's not only about competing. So this is a very nice question because it's not only about competing, it's about what we can do to empower the tourism sector and the tourism innovation ecosystem. And how do we empower the tourism innovation ecosystem? Mm, that's a strong and it's gaining a lot of importance, what I'm going to tell you, because if we are not connecting the dots, if we are not com connecting the things regarding innovation, we are not talking about an innovative ecosystem. So first of all, we have to develop different scenarios to connect innovators, startups, companies or corporates, investors, of course, academia, institutions, etc. Because with that said, that is the way to answer your, your question. First of all, we need to create like a more engagement between the traditional companies and the entrepreneurs. That's why we created the innovation forums that are the UNWTO Tourism Tech Adventures that are innovative forums where the aim of that forum is to build business opportunities for everyone. So we build here opportunities between those seven key actors that I already said, and we develop key meetings between corporate ventures. So for example, JetBlue Ventures, American Airlines Ventures, Marriott Ventures, Amadeus, Google Ventures, etc. that are the ones that are trying to develop new pilot projects inside their companies to travel better or to give a better service. So that's a way where we can involve thousands of innovators with thousands of traditional companies. Second of all, investors, because of course, most of the times startups are seeking for investment. So of course, that's why we have a strong innovation and investment network. We work with more than 230 investors all around uh, the world. Nonetheless, we need to act and to create a different uh, mindset in order, as I already said, to be more proactive on the way those three are connected. And in that way, we are helping others. Of course, we have done more than 15 tourism tech adventures this year, more digitally speaking, rather than physically, because of course of the pandemia. Nonetheless, we are really focused on developing these kind of approaches because it's the only way. But the challenge here is that we need more tour operators engaged with this transformation, more travel agencies. The airlines, I have to say that they are super on board. So when you see Iberia, American Airlines, Lufthansa, JetBlue, Qatar Airways, uh, Emirates Airways, Airlines, etc., Singapore Airlines, those have a strong incubators or a strong accelerators or, or a strong vent, uh, corporate venture capital um, funds to help entrepreneurs to grow. But we need more. So to be honest with you, we are working on it. But of course, we know that it's a still a challenge and that's why we have to still talking and talking and talking and bringing those innovators in contact and in touch with ministers, with top management of big companies and of course with investors in order to help them grow, to help them to scale up or to help them to develop their pilot projects for a better understanding, for a better tourism sector, more sustainable, more innovative and of course more digitally speaking.
Yeah, no, I think that's like right on on spot. Like what I think is one of the top priorities right now to really kind of build this ecosystem. And I, I like how you also mentioned academia. And I'm not sure if that also refers to that third pillar you mentioned at the beginning of education, but what are universities, what type of research is coming out, what type of, you know, even degrees, what is, what is today a tourism degree, how many elements of sustainability are within this degree. Mm. And so when you speak about this education pillar, what, what are some trends that you're seeing? What are some changes that you think need to happen as well to kind of really reinvent travel and, and the professionals that work within it in the future for, for it to change? Yes, uh, regarding changes, education is crucial. That's why we have been speaking about innovation. We have been speaking about the investments. We have to talk now <laughs> about education. If we want changes and if we want a change on our mindset, education is crucial. We have a tourism online academy that the aim is to bring solutions to the way to scale up education because of course if we do course by course by course of course it doesn't have any sense but if you do everything digitally speaking of course it can help you to scale up and to have a strong difference on the way you are trying to develop a specific programs with that said today more than ever we need to have as a key priority education And when I am talking about education, it's not only about educating whatever. It's about bringing digital skills there. It's about bringing sustainability there. It's about bringing about how, uh, like in, a, in an informal conversation, I will say, how do I eat sustainability? How do I eat innovation? So that's why education is crucial. How you can do for the whole pyramid that works in the tourism system, it doesn't matter if you are in, in the top management or in the basis. What do you need to know regarding what's the ABC that you need to know about coding, about big data analytics, about artificial intelligence, about data scientists or data science, sorry. What do you need to know about sustainability, about social impact, about inclusiveness, about doing marketing? So those, we have to develop up like a curricula with the strong priorities that we want if we want a more professionalized sector. With that said, that's the basis of the solution because the more people you have inside your sector focused on those skills, the more professional skills you give to others and the more importance you give to these challenges that we are facing today. If we continue doing the same curricula and giving the same understanding to those universities and to, to those institutions as well. And if we keep doing the same, of course, there will be no results. So always there will be the gap between how digital transformation have been helping a lot the sector, but on the other side, you see a lack of digital gaps or, 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 or a lack on digital skills on the people that are working on the tourism sector. So I think part of the solution to rebuild this is of course, to have a strong priority on education, but not education, as I told you, as a general thing. Education with a very focused thematics or curriculas that can help us to professionalize the sector and to give the importance to those things that I already told you, social impact, sustainability, innovation, digital transformation, deep technologies that are not the future, that is the present, 
of what we are facing during uh, on the tourism sector. Yeah, and it will be really interesting to see kind of how this kind of micro modules, let's say, can also be shared with our you know, providers in other countries. I'm thinking specifically now about developing countries where they also need to have this understanding of the sustainability piece, of the technology piece. And with this change right now, it would be really interesting to, to kind of take advantage of this kind of more awareness of online learning so that we can really transmit this knowledge as fast as possible to everyone who's involved in the sector at whatever level they're involved, you know? So I think that would be, that would be like a great opportunity that, that's in front of us to, to create change in a more systemic way. And thanks so much for all the knowledge. I just wanted to end with like a more personal question just to remember a little bit about what, why we love travel and what travel is. And if you could just share a travel experience that for you was transformative and why was it transformative for you? I think the most uh, transformative thing to me is focused more on giving back to the community. I have to say that, of course, today I have seen a lot of necessities during the pandemic. So what it has helped me a lot to understand where we are and what we need is to help others. It doesn't matter where they are. So I give you an example. I have been doing hundreds of keynotes and sharing my knowledge during these months in different parts of the world because, of course, as we are a UN agency, we are working on a global scope. But to me, definitely working and listening to small travel agencies, small SMEs, innovators, youth, women, top management, top companies, to, to listen to the, to the whole ecosystem, tourism ecosystem, afraid, nervous about what was happening or what is happening today, is, it was really crucial to me and it was really impactful because that's why I realized the importance of educating and giving back others and how your knowledge, you think it's small or it's huge, you don't know. <laughs> Uh, how much it is, but tiny, tiny, you do big things. So I think we need more tourism ambassadors, more tourism teachers training the trainers, more people sharing the knowledge, because I feel this is a, the moment to do it and that people are really open to listen to you and that people are really grateful. You cannot imagine the thousands of emails and uh, messages from LinkedIn, from uh, Twitter, etc. People really thankful when you finish a conversation talking about what you think on digital skills, on innovation, on investments or education that are my, 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 my uh, specialities inside the UNWTO. But imagine if we do this with a multicultural understanding and with a lot of people together, of course, we can do a more impactful job and of course, to give the ones that don't have the opportunity to travel abroad, to work with different cultures, to have that multinational scope of what is happening in the tourism sector. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's really been an honor and a pleasure to have you here and to uh, share your thoughts with, with us. And especially in this crucial time for, for the industry, as you say, I think sharing of knowledge and experiences and 
just possibilities is one of the ways that we can continue doing something that we all love, which is to travel and to travel in a better way. So thank you so much, Natalia, for your time and for uh, your energy and spirit as well. Of course. Thanks a ton for the invitation. Let's count on us, <laughs> mutually speaking, to create a better tourism to rebuild it. And of course, it's our responsibility. It's not only the responsibility of the government or of the private sector. We all together have the responsibility to rebuild tourism the right way. And I know that if we join efforts more than ever, we will come back better and stronger. Thank you. Thank you so much. This episode has been jam-packed with data policy changes that are coming up and a unified perspective that Natalia has brought to us in order for us to have a longer term vision into what we can do today. Thank you for joining and for subscribing to the podcast and we'll be talking to you next week.